And you're listening to Big Girl Money. I'm Ronnie Bergner. And I'm Wendy Bowling. And we are the proud hosts of this podcast, Big Girl Money. Two years ago, I met Wendy at a coffee shop, and since then, she has changed my professional and personal life so profoundly that I had to share her mentorship with the world. And thus, Big Girl Money was born. Each week, we mix together guest interviews, breaking news stories about badass women, career advice, and a dash, sometimes more, of the millennial versus the baby boomer perspective. Discover professional happiness, become the Beyonce of your workplace, and get that big girl money. We're now have a very intense part of our episode. <laughs> well, do you want to start it that way? Okay, I have a P- I have a PSA. Yeah, you're listening to Big Girl Money. I'm Ronnie. This is Wendy. Wendy has a PSA. <laughs> okay, now this is going to be very controversial, and I would love to hear your feedback on it, but I can only tell you I wish someone would have given me the heads up. And maybe it's because I had a southern mother, and we just don't talk about what goes on down in the lower region, the cha-cha area, but <laughs> I have been going through a lot because of... Not just the medicine, but going through menopause and then having the breast cancer. But the hormone medicine I'm on, the hormone chemotherapy meds that you're on for five and now they're saying 10 years. Oh, God. You have to get in. You, you, this is a long-term thing. So it prevents estrogen from being produced in every cell in your body. So what I learned is that estrogen is so important for a lot of things. If you actually feel pain as you get less and less estrogen, as you get older, your pain response goes up. Oh. That was one. Okay. But the biggest thing that re- I've been really struggling with that I want to prepare you, you women out there is that you have to do some work to deal with the dryness that occurs and the pain you could have with your sex life. I know Ronnie. Ronnie's looking at me like deer in headlights. Do I want to know this? <laughs> no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm scared. I'm scared. I was shaking you. my head like, like what a damn shame. That's what I was trying to do. <laughs> Poor Ronnie. She's going to be so prepared. But you other people aren't because I know you have people, women out there that aren't talking to you about these No, things. I think it's what we're talking about this because our sex education in this country is very poor. We don't I talk agree. about things like this. We have sex education and it's like, don't have sex. It's pretty much sex education. Yeah, exactly. So you go through menopause, you're going to stop having your period. You go, woo, for about two seconds. And oh. then you're, why is it painful to have sex? And then all the things you have to do to figure out how to change that involve estrogen cream. But if you have breast cancer that is 95% estrogen uh, receptive, Mm -hmm. that means the estrogen that you're taking to have less painful sex and to get through that could be creating a higher risk for breast cancer recurrence. So you sit there thinking. That is a catch-22 if I ever heard one. Right. So it's just the craziest adventure that kind of sucks. And I wanted to give you guys a heads up that you need to be the advocate. Just like we say you're the advocate for your career. 
Yes. You need to be the advocate for your um, sexual health and your sexual quality of life. Right. I'm having to go and talk about these things to doctors that are just surreal. I mean, well, it, tell what you just told me about the the one suggestion your doctor oh, had. Oh, so one I of can't the, even believe this is a so, real product. Yeah, one of the doctors suggested a cream that numbs you like um like what was it? Novocaine. Novocaine. Yeah. But it's a cream and she says you can put that up there so that it it's not painful before and you it's have like, sex. But isn't the whole point of having sex to feel stuff? Yeah, what the hell? That's so insane to me that I know. that's like a product. Oh yeah. Like Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What? Ugh. And the, I don't like that. and the things that have happened where you're sitting there and you're getting these exams and you're thinking this is so surreal. This no one could have told me I'd be in a situation where they're talking to me about your bladder prolapsing and oh, dropping yeah. and you, and oh that could be the neck of your bladder in machacha are oh, you yeah. kidding me this you're, was wild to so, me this is the stuff i mean it is it has been such a crazy well we gotta tell that whole story <laughs> i'll tell it i'll tell it you can oh, you can fill in parts that i don't know okay it's not my cha-cha that's going through uh, okay. this okay <laughs> Wendy, we're supposed to record, and Wendy calls me, and is like, I can't record. I have to go to the doctor. I got a last-minute appointment. I'm like, oh, okay. What's wrong? She's like, I can. there's just this weird, like, what you called it, like, a bump or something. Yeah, lesion, a little hard spot. Yeah, a little hard spot in my cha-cha, and I just have to get it checked out. I'm not sure what it is, and my head's going like, oh, God, what is that? Could yeah. that be, like, cancer? cancer. What is yeah. that? Oh, yeah. So I'm like, okay, tell me how it goes, and she calls me later, and she goes, you won't fucking believe this and i go what and she goes that hard spot is my bladder yeah in the in the funny way they put it you know oh that she wasn't right we don't think okay. after having another exam okay. but she said oh just so routine like yeah you need to get your oil changed that's how she said it oh, oh my it's God. the neck of your bladder and i thought the neck i and i had all these pictures of, you know, when you get a big chicken, um, a, a full chicken, and you have to take that neck out of the inside of it. Ew, yes. And it's got, and I went, oh, this is so icky, right? I it, didn't even know a bladder had a neck. I'm not even sure what well, that means. And the craziest thing Let is, alone that it could go into your vagina. So she tells me this. I'm all the way down at Anschutz, right? Yeah. And I go, thank you. And I get dressed and leave. I don't ask her what I'm supposed to do about this. I, I was so. So blown away trying to comprehend and digest this that I just walked away. <laughs> I was blown away when you called me and told me that. Okay, so I was like, people that can happen. So people talk about this. Talk about it with your young daughters. Yes. Talk well, about yeah. it with your friends. I agree. Because knowledge is power for me. And That's right. Half the problem with this journey has been. It's all new information. Because cause some people will tell you how bad um, labor is going to be. They'll tell you about when you get pregnant, oh. everybody will come to you. I mean, my mother-in-law said to me, I thought I'd never deliver Todd, my starter husband's head. Oh, my and God. And so I had dreams of delivering this big, huge basketball head. You know, and, <laughs> and so they'll tell you that stuff. But right. nobody will tell you this. Nobody talks about it's sexual very, health. Very taboo. And it shouldn't be. We should no. talk about sexual health and sex education all the time exactly in my opinion exactly so 
<laughs> that is so funny. So for those of you who are feeling very uncomfortable right now. Don't worry because we're moving on. That's right. <laughs> it's beyond, it's it's in your rearview mirror. I had something else I wanted to say about it, but I totally forgot. Well, I'm sure people maybe don't even want to hear it. It's like, please move on. <laughs> so. Okay, so in this episode of Big Girl Money, we have apparently a PSA about sexual health. <laughs> it was impromptu, but I don't regret it. Thank you, Ronnie. At all. Um, okay, so in this episode of Big Girl Money, we are going to have an interview from a kick-ass female who is breaking into the male-dominated hemp industry. And she has an awesome line of CBD products. We might even have a little surprise like for everybody. A, like an Oprah giveaway? Yes. But we not are a Oprah. car. But not a car? <laughs> but a sample. No, just kidding. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> we have a little giveaway. And then after that, we're going to close with a big girl spotlight. So, Wendy, do you want to introduce our guest? Well, because I've been lucky to have her on my journey, of course. Founder and CEO of Healing Power of Hemp, Brenda McChesney-Mino has had a passion for improving the lives of others all of her career. She spent the first 20 years focused on the healthy growth and development of children, parents, and families in the nonprofit and philanthropic sectors. A devastating accident shifted her attention to management of her own pain, propelling her into the next season of her career as one of the small percentage of women who weed. (laughs) She developed her Healing Power of Hemp line of locally made hemp products infused with Colorado-grown CBD, committed to the use of all natural and organic ingredients and essential oils. What makes Brenda even more special is her role as she calls herself a hemp doula. (laughs) With her emphasis on education of hemp and CBD solutions to improve our quality of life. Woo! So, let's roll that interview. We're so excited about this episode. Thank you for being here with us. Well, thanks for having me. I am I am going to take a little snapshot of our screen. So on the count of three, I have a little pin that allows me to take the screen without the phone. Oh my God. You're the coolest. It's, it's just a pin that came with my laptop. And I've had it for almost two years. And about three months ago, I clicked. I never used the pin, but I picked it up and I clicked it and it snapped the screen. So, oh, oh my God. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Oh my God. Well, if you get to do that, then I get to change. No, you don't. You can if you want. Look, look how oh good I look. God. Oh my oh God. God. Look yes. at this great I, lipstick. I hope you are recording that. <laughs> I did not. I, I should. I totally I should. I need have. the listeners to know how arrogant you are, Wendy. <laughs> oh my God, Ronnie got on for a dress rehearsal for Women Who Code, our live oh podcast. She looked like a freaking this? model. She looked so beautiful, <laughs> and she had on she had on lipstick. So since then, I have my lipstick sitting so that every time I do a Zoom, I whip that. Yeah, stuff you can. On. Now you're making me want to put on some lip gloss. I, I don't, I typically never wear lipstick and I recently got my hair done. I did this little photo shoot. I was just playing around for me. Like, and I yep, put on yep. lipstick and I feel like a, like a different person, not always in the right way. Like, yes. Uh, but it made me realize like how lipstick can kind of, you know, take things to the next level. It your game, baby. I yeah. got a little too much attention when I was wearing mine from Wendy. <laughs> I loved it. Oh my okay. Snap All right, ladies, that pen. I'm going to take a picture. Okay. Three, okay. two, one. 
That is so funny that now, we we're the podcasters and you showed up with a a microphone. Oh my god, she's like a, a spy <laughs> pen that takes screenshots. <laughs> totally okay. a spy pen. I want to do it, but okay. Um, Wendy, you don't have a spy pen, so just know, don't even try. <laughs> okay, should we get into this awesome interview? Yes. Unless there's any more spy technology we need to be aware of. <laughs> I'm going to put my spy pin up so it doesn't make noise. All right. Okay. Go ahead, Wendy. You fire, fire away. We are so lucky to have Brenda McChesney as our guest today because um, Brenda has been my little angel. I got connected to her in this really crazy way after I was struggling um, with the side effects of the hormonal chemotherapy medicine that I have to be on for five years. And she has been such a godsend because of her own journey, and uh, she introduced me to her amazing product line, Healing Power of Hemp, in order to combat the side effects of this uh, hormonal chemotherapy drug. So I love what you've done, Brenda, in so many ways, not just for me personally, because you're really, I think, up in the game of how we look at cannabis. Well, Wendy and Ronnie, I really appreciate you both having me on for today's podcast. I love what you ladies are doing in the space of female entrepreneurship and really pushing the envelope to rise up and be successful. Uh, and Wendy, it's just been such a pleasure to uh, know you and work alongside you in your journey towards CBD health and wellness. Wendy's big CBD fan. She tells pretty much everybody that's come over for an interview, because we've interviewed a few people that have had breast cancer, have breast cancer, and Wendy's, Wendy's always laying the CBD tips on them. Got to check it out. Here it is. So <laughs> Here it is. Well, and I think uh, what resonated, what has resonated between Wendy and I is that we're both uh, common spirits and that when we find something that is so life-changing, we just want to scream it from the mountaintops, right? Like it's when you go from a place of failing to thrive on every level. Um, and as she and I have talked about, you know, as a woman, as a wife, as a mother, um, as a business person in this world, and you feel start to have all that robbed from you because of chronic pain, sleeplessness, stress, and anxiety, you start to lose the essence of who you are at a very rudimentary level. And I experienced something very similar back in 2015, not caused by cancer, but rather an accident that left me permanently and partially permanently impaired in my neck. And similar to Wendy, I just felt like I, I lost the ability to be who I always had been and wanted to be in the world in all my roles. And it wasn't until I started to incorporate hemp health and wellness, find it, discover it three years, three months later after my accident, over 50 different medical practitioners I saw. And I thought there was nothing left to give me back my life. Um, and that's really what changed my whole trajectory of my career. And like Wendy became this hemp health advocate saying like, listen, this is powerful stuff and it's not what you think it might be. And here's a little bit of education and resources and affordability around it. So I love that we're pioneers in the space, Wendy. Well, oh you are God. leading the way, leading the way. And I am so pleased that you're bringing your business acumen to it. So that's really, you know, Big Girl Money is about how do we find our own passions and do work that really makes us feel like we're uniquely positioned to do it. So I think you are such a role model in that way. Mm, well, that's a high compliment coming from you. Thank you so much. 
Okay, the love so fest. Ronnie said love fest over. Yeah, love fest over. Moving on. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so, Brenda, as I was stalking your LinkedIn, <laughs> how diverse your background is, and you've done so much work centered around serving others from youth services to family support programs. So where does your passion for helping others come from? And then if you could talk a little more about what inspired you to transition to CBD, kind of start your own business. I'd love to hear about that as well. Yeah. Um, what a great question. I haven't been asked that recently in interviews. Um, I think so much of who we become as adults in our world um, really is stemmed from our, stems from our early experiences in life. Uh, both from the stories that are passed down from our, you know, our lineage, our grandparents and great grandparents, but also what we witness ourselves. And um, unfortunately, you know, I grew up in a household where I had three older half brothers. And before my dad married my mom, he was in the Vietnam War and the boys were all really little from an infant to a toddler to less than, you know, about four years old, the three of them. And during the time that he was gone, um, their mom had an affair and brought in a man who really severely abused them, like uh, to the level and to the degree that two, the youngest two once Child Protective Services found out were hospitalized for three months, brain surgery. I mean, we're talking like levels of abuse and oh trauma. My God. I know. Wow. It's, um, and how old were you during this? I was not born yet. You were not no, born I wasn't yet. born wow. yet, right? So I, I, I grew up, um, before I met my, my two older half-brothers, I grew up with my oldest having these stories of separation. And I, didn't, I couldn't quite wrap my head around, why don't we have all three brothers here? And, and the story turns out that you know, they went through all this trauma and abuse, and they were taken away from the mom and uh, put into the adoption, the foster care system. And my dad got brought back from Vietnam, and he was able to, to bring back and, and raise my oldest brother who I was raised with. Uh, but the youngest two um, ended up getting adopted out. And I was 11 when we finally met them. And when we started oh to really gosh. unpack like what the experience was like for them, and I watched my older brother really struggle developmentally, um, emotionally, socially, academically. He was shut down. He didn't get the supports he needed to process through that level of toxic stress. And what we know now from research and science, um, especially the last decade, is that early exposure to trauma and abuse literally changes the DNA of your trajectory of the rest of your life. We know, of course, emotionally, right? That's why I think probably the first cognitive awareness, like, oh, of course, you're going to be pretty emotionally messed up if you go through something like that and you don't get help. But you see the way that it can play out on systemic levels. And I saw that and I just felt like, like, why didn't anybody jump in? What could have been done? I felt like they were robbed of, of their experience. I was robbed of having all my brothers in my life. Um, and I've seen how that's played out in their own families. And unfortunately, you know, the trauma within our family didn't stop there. And at a young age, I was sexually abused and then raped when I was 21. And I say these things because they were absolutely transformative moments in my life. And I think that I often see like you have kind of two paths you can take when you're faced with those instances. You either let them affect you to such a degree that part of you dies forever, or you stand up and you stand strong and you become an advocate. And my path was like, I'm going to change the world. I want to make sure that all parents have the tools that they need, that no child 
has the risk of going through my, what my brothers went through or what I personally went through and that families are equipped to flourish. And that was what led me to the degrees I got in school around social justice and feminism and child development and then led me in my path of, of working, as you said, as a doula and a lactation educator and then working with youth supports and doing whole school you know, pre-K through 12 curriculums and then working at community levels and statewide levels and then ended up founding the National Family Support Network, um, became a national expert in family support and a published author. And really like my heart song is ensuring that families have what they need to not just be safe, stable, and thriving. That's the real like common language on a national level. Safe, stable, and strong families. And that, those are great things to aspire to. But at the end of the day, I wanna take it to the next level and really think about how do we individually and collectively as a family flourish. That well, is amazing. Oh my it gosh. It is amazing. And I think it set you up for all of that has set you up for this next role because that's, what's been so interesting to me. It's like everything comes together in your diverse meandering career. Usually you can use a lot of it as you start to do the things that you're passionate about. And I think all the compassion you have stems from all of that horrible back story. Yeah. Well, and, and Ronnie, I, you know, you asked a question about the transition moment. And I think that that's a space that if you look at the trajectory of my career, it's this funny, like in some way you can look at it and be like, wow, you went from like leading a national movement and family support to starting a hemp company. But what the aha moment I had in my own journey toward recovery is that I, I realized how grossly we under-emphasize on a national scale and a local scale what chronic pain and inflammation, stress and anxiety, and sleeplessness do to your ability to be the parent you want to be. And here I was, like mm -hmm. I had all the knowledge and the skills and the tools, and I had created curriculum and taught curriculum and, you know, right, like I thought I knew what I needed to do to be able to be the mom I wanted to be and have the family I wanted to have. And then this accident happened. And as time passed, it, I couldn't be the mom that I wanted to be anymore. And for me, that identity and that role, knowing the significance of nurturing my developing adolescent children and not having the presence to even give them attention. So exhausted at the end of the day that I had nothing or my migraines were so overwhelming that I couldn't focus past three sentences on what they were saying. I realized we were missing something significantly, right? Yeah. That like, if we're not focusing and asking and doubling down in this space, it doesn't matter, in my opinion, no matter how many, you know, your support network, or how much money you have, how resourced you are, or the knowledge and skills and abilities that you have around parenting, you, you can't implement any of those when your life is so plagued. So when CBD turned it around, I realized I wanted to create a national movement that really rose up the level of conversation around how can we support families better and to help break the stigma you know, and have people understand, listen, CBD is in your body naturally, all on its own, right? We make it on its own. So to take it from a plant is not something that should be demonized or thought of as a drug or illicit or should be any level of a conversation that should be conflictual for people when they're thinking about holistic health and wellness. Right. Wow. Mm -hmm. That was amazing. And when did you first try it? You said you had tried a ton of other things before yeah. to help manage your pain. 
Well, it happened to be uh, my neighbor who I ended up partnering with, who had just launched oh. a lab. So the, the story is kind of funny because of course I was familiar with the benefits of marijuana, but hemp, you know, I was, my accident was in February, 2015. So it's actually been just over five years. And um, in the process, I think probably like six months, a year in when the pain started to get so significant, I went to dispensaries, I tried patches and I tried creams and topicals. I tried gummy, you know, I tried all what I felt like exhausted, whatever THC could have done for me or marijuana based products. And I didn't know much about hemp, didn't really know much about CBD and had a bias in my mind. Well, if, if marijuana based products aren't helping why would this like in my mind, like inferior other cannabinoid of the cannabis plant do anything right. for me? Right. Um, and I was grossly wrong, <laughs> like really <laughs> grossly underestimated the healing power of hemp, which is why I named the company the way that I did the healing power of hemp, because it has properties and potential to manifest um, a life that you love and to remove the barriers toward you getting there. Um, and what I realized in my research was that, you know, after that three years, three month mark, I, my, my neighbor had just launched the lab. And again, I was really biased, but I knocked on his door, literally tears, you know, down my face. And I, I, I was waking up 25 times a night sometimes. Like, mm. Oh my I was, God. I was at a point where I'd looked at my husband that same day that I discovered CBD, which was just like, I love the connection between the two. And I was at my lowest low. And I, you know, I said, honey, if we don't figure something out, you might have to check me in somewhere. I'm losing it. Like I'm losing it. And here I was like a very successful professional woman, type A overachiever. Wendy and I have talked about this, right? Mm -hmm. Like all the, to an extreme that wasn't healthy, but mm -hmm. to go from one point to the other um, had me on my knees. Yeah. So I like knock on the door, say, okay, what have you been cooking up? Like, <laughs> I'll give this stuff a shot. And he gave me the tincture that became our original best-selling CBD tincture. And he's like, take four doses of this tonight and tell me how you sleep in the morning. Um, and I went to bed that night with a, a minor glimpse of hope. But after three years of trying you know, everything under the sun holistically to opioids, I, I wasn't, honestly, I didn't think it'd be helpful. Um, and I took it and I closed my eyes and eight and a half hours later, I woke up with not a crease in the bed. You know, that type oh of sleep, right? <laughs> the type of sleep that's like, you didn't even sleep at all, nor were you even in the bed. Wow. Yeah. So that was and the And then beginning. you knocked on his door and said, <laughs> I love right, you. Yeah. We're partners. <laughs> I love you. I love yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I looked at my husband that morning and for the first time, the tears you saw in my eyes weren't tears of exhaustion and sadness, but actually tears of hope where I felt like there was a chance and a breath and a glimpse back into the, the person that I once was. And that only, oh. that continued, right? So it wasn't just this sort of one-time instance. Yeah. Anyway, I can go on and on and on about it, but it's, uh, it's pretty <laughs> revolutionary in my mind. Yeah. That is an amazing story. And I love that you ended up partnering with your neighbor. That's yeah. like, that's such a good story for how your business started. I'm not sure my, my husband really was uh, on board after one week of having my life change. I had this like glowing, I felt like my solar plexus was as big as a house. And <laughs> I, my, my intuition was like, something is here. And honey, yeah. this is more than just my healing. And within two weeks, I decided to leave my 20 year career and start my own CBD company. And he... <laughs> was like, Bren, <laughs> really? <laughs> so I, I asked my neighbor, like, you got to teach you everything. I know nothing yeah. about this, but I'm passionate wow. like Wendy. And I want to like yell it from the rooftops. And it's a wonder he didn't go, uh, so Brenda, amazing. you had a head injury. 
So should you be changed, choosing this, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. It's That's uh, so I, cool. A loving man I have. <laughs> so cool. That is hilarious. Did the neighbor think you were a little crazy? Was he like, whoa? Or was no, he like, he, let's do it? He was totally on like, let's do it. He, he's the oh, biggest amazing. advocate around, around the plant too. And you know, what I, what I said to him is like, I need you to teach me the product development side of it, the manufacturing piece of it, the legalities. Uh, but it was really important as an educator and a trainer my whole life, not to just have the product line be the forward facing kind of sole focus. Cause you can get that anywhere. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. And, and really I always saw it as a piece to a much bigger puzzle and the bigger puzzle being advocacy, education, coaching, um, resources that help people become familiar with it and break those stereotypes yeah. and partnering with health and wellness folks in the not your usual cannabis spaces, right? I didn't want my products or my company to feel like going into a dispensary. I wanted to be like, oh, of course, it's like picking out a really great supplement at a holistic store or going into a spa and salon. Like, of course you would get a topical cream that's supposed to help clear up your skin. Why wouldn't you also get this product that's healing? I think people who have never been exposed to cannabis or even CBD, because they don't know the difference and don't know hemp from from CBD, from cannabis, they need some help understanding how this can be a, just another part of their health. Mm -hmm. So, well, and I would say too, that while, uh, I changed my entire career to center around this space that I, you know, what I make sure to tell people, and it's the backbone of who we are, we are a mindfulness-based hemp health and wellness company, which means that, understanding why hemp CBD should be a critical component of your holistic health and wellness routine. It's not the cure-all, right? If I wasn't also exercising and meditating and eating healthy and all the other pieces of the puzzle and seeing my physical therapist and my massage therapist and my pain management specialist, right? Like the list goes on that I wouldn't have had, had this big shift if it was just CBD. I know that, but the fact that I had all the rest of the pie together, all, all in and of itself should have brought me back to homeostasis. And what I now know is that my body was so depleted naturally of its own natural endocannabinoids that it produces, I couldn't catch up with my sleep or mm. my inflammation or my pain levels or my stress and anxiety. And so, you know, once you start to begin, how taking external sources of CBD from a plant like hemp helps your body spur its own natural production of endocannabinoids and fills in the gaps where your body isn't producing the amount you need. Because let's be honest, in modern day living, we're not exercising the way we need to, eating the way we need to, stress and anxiety is off the charts, sleep is, well, I almost said an F word, sleep is really messed up. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? So yes. like, it's, uh, we're not, we're not, our bodies aren't in optimal incubators yeah. right now. And it's why the plant in my mind has never been so needed because of the way we, we function in modern day living. Right. So, you know, many people are really critical of the whole marijuana industry and, and even in addition, CBD, right? And hemp, um, mm -hmm. because of the lack of diversity in the workforce coupled with the fact because it's almost all guys that have created these kind of companies, right? And many minorities are currently serving severe jail sentences for using and selling the product. This doesn't help, right? Um, what do you think th this whole industry, the cannabis industry, could do to diversify its workforce, address this issue? Mm -hmm. And I know you'll be one of the voices, the female voices out there, but what do you think? 
Right. And, and recognizing that, you know, I'm a, I'm a white female voice, right? So yes. I, I get to have a portion of uh, equity happening within the cannabis space, but we are so far from it. Uh, the very first event that we went to uh, that I had a booth at as a comp- brand new company out of the gates, we launched in July, 2018, and this was January of 2019. It was the Indo Expo, really, really big event. One of the biggest ones in, in Colorado. And it was the very first one after the farm bill legalized the production, manufacturing and processing of CBD. So mm. this expo had people internationally coming into Denver like one month later, it was signed into law. Wow. And then one month later was this expo. So it was a significant moment in time for hemp in America and across the globe. And I, um, obviously I'm a woman owned and operated company. We had this beautiful space, like, like, you know, meditation cushions and essential oil diffuser going, and, you know, it was like exactly the mojo that we want to bring in. And I loved that we were so different because you mm. looked around the room and 98% of all the other booths and owners were men. Now, hemp is lucky that on the hemp side, there's more female representation mm. than on the marijuana side, which is really interesting. So I would say that I'm not just a sole lone pioneer in this space, but I wear it with a badge of honor that we're helping bring a female perspective, um, an entrepreneurial uh, mojo <laughs> uh, to the table because it, it really has not been represented historically. Um, And then you think about on a national global scale, right now 33 states plus DC have medicinal marijuana legalization. And it's an estimated that 55 million Americans regularly use marijuana. And to note, these stats don't include the hemp side of things, right? So Mm -hmm. side note for folks who are out there, that both hemp and marijuana are from the cannabis plant. Think about it as dog breeds, right? They're all dogs, but they're bred differently. So marijuana is bred to be very high in THC and low in CBD. And industrial hemp is bred to be high in CBD, low in THC. And it's also fantastic for lots of industrial uses like fibers. And and anyway, another podcast for all the uses (laughs) of hemp, not today. Um, But so, right, so 55 million people in America are active marijuana users alone. And yet we have racial and economic disparities that are so alarming within the industry that something has to be done. There's really growing national concern about the lack of access to capital and systemic racism for historically marginalized and underrepresented communities. And in 2017, there was a survey of owners and stakeholders within the marijuana side of the business, of the cannabis business. And the survey showed that there was less than one fifth of all people involved were people of color. And of that, Black people only made up 4.3%. So it's like you take that, plus you look at the financial barriers for getting access to licenses, states are making it economically a huge barrier where if you wanted to start a grow, it's not just one license, but you're looking at multiple levels of licenses to do all the parts in the production process. Right. And at thousands of dollars of price tags, really minority populations are being left out of the process. And, wow. and as you said, coupled with the fact that they're in jail for using and selling the very product that now yeah, all those people are benefiting from. Wow. Right. Really ex- such a high majority of folks uh, who have been directly affected by the war on drugs and marijuana convictions. 
uh, corrective measures are obviously really needed, uh, sure. but there's some, some, you know, a bright side to things that there's, there's a sway happening where local communities all the way up to state governments are actually starting to put into laws and legislation ways to do some corrective measures uh, to level out the playing field some. For instance, New Jersey recently proposed a bill that mandates 25% of all legal licenses be set aside for people of color. Oh, so that's, wow. that's, significant. And I think it's in New York that Black legislators emphatically have said that they won't vote for any legislation that doesn't directly allocate profits uh, from legalization to communities of color. You know, in Massachusetts, uh, social equity programs are being included in legalization efforts. Uh, In Chicago, in Evanston, uh, Chicago, which is a suburb of Chicago, They recently voted in December uh, to tax the sale of weed and use the proceeds to fund race-based reparations for black residents, which is like, I think, uh, long overdue and appropriate use of, you know, the the millions upon millions of dollars that are being sold in the marijuana community. Mm -hmm. And then Oakland is the last, you know, I I did a little bit of research before coming into here of like, what's really happening um, that will be trend setting as we look Mm -hmm. forward into the future. And Oakland, which is just about 30 minutes from where I grew up in California, decided to implement their own laws and rules at a local city level to ensure social equity within the market. So we see movement happening, but it's not not near enough. So I think having this conversation is an important one. I hadn't even heard of all those steps in the right direction. So that is yeah. Let's let's wait for Colorado to do some some great work. <laughs> yeah, Wendy Since always we... says, "What's Colorado doing? Yeah, what are we doing? <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> yeah, I think it's something definitely for people who, whether you're in the marijuana industry or hemp, just something to be aware of, especially as you're growing your businesses and doing yeah. hiring and things like that. So, And Governor Polis has got to be a listener of Big Girl Money. So come He's on, Governor, be. step the hell up. Also, hey, Jared. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're on first name basis is what Ron is saying. Yeah. <laughs> what advice? Because a lot of our listeners have this ache to, to start their own thing. What advice would you give them about the biggest learnings you've seen in starting your own business? Boy, um, there's a lot there. Uh, <laughs> It's own podcast, in other words. So my my answer is related to the space that I've carved out in the space of mindfulness um, and meditation, and and I just I'm actually doing a a opening presentation for a conference in June um, around a concept I've coined, the way of the happy entrepreneur. And hmm. I, I was certified and trained in the way of the happy woman with Sarah Stover around one, running women's circles and groups. All this in the last two years, I got my 500 hour yoga and meditation teacher training. I got I, I like way of the happy woman certification training for me. It's like this, it's this space of engaging mindfully from within and listening to your intuition. And so my, my answer is that it's so easy. I think you don't get slackers who become entrepreneurs typically like yeah. typically there's some level of drive and recognizing there's a steep hill ahead sure. um and i i think that if you're a highly driven type a person like myself you can really tend to take on too much and loose sense of balance of focus of really all the things that are important in life not just this new very big important endeavor and i lost track of myself in that way. I feel like for the first year plus my children, once again, it was like I was in an accident again where I was so busy all the time. I wasn't there for them that my mind was constantly thinking about 
images and marketing and, and, you know, outreach and sales were in, in the downtimes that should be the place to restore. I wasn't. And it's what drew me. It was first like, okay, well, I'm doubling down on my mindfulness and my meditation. So I'm going to do these two years of education programs so that I, I'm forced to like, you know, stand still in this space. And that's a very type A response. Oh my God. It's like, <laughs> like wait, I'm not being mindful enough. So I'm going to follow this schedule and I will become a yoga instructor. Yes. It, it's like we could, we could say the whole definition of this is the journey to stillness at warp speed. Yeah, I mean, literally, it's so crazy. <laughs> I think we just came up with a book title. Holy I love crap. that. We, okay, it's at least the title for this episode. Yes, <laughs> yeah, Ronnie, will you make sure not to cut that or write that down if you do decide to cut that part? Because <laughs> Wendy's writing it down. Wendy's writing it down. That is no, that is so, so funny. Most oh people would sign up for a yoga life. class. Brenda yeah. is just going to be a yoga instructor. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Well, I, I did create a hemp-infused yoga class and a hemp-infused meditation class that really um, allows people to get a little sense of what it can do for you and then involves taking it at the beginning of it and diving into the practice and then reflecting before taking CBD in the class and after what are the shifts across your mind, your body, your emotions, and mm -hmm. your intuition. What is it telling you? What does it need? It's our four-step approach uh, based on Sarah Stover's work of The Way of the Happy Woman that we've incorporated into our hemp health and wellness model. Um, so it's included in the two new books we have coming up and, and all of the content we've created. And yeah, so I, I guess, you know, to wrap up to the question, I would say be really, really aware about mindfully finding balance and not forgetting the realm of priorities in your life and not just this step and journey into launching your own CBD company or whatever else it is that you're starting from scratch and listen to your intuition. Like, listen, I, I would say that like the mistakes I've made and trying to save money when my intuition said, Brenda, don't go with that person. It's like, oh, I have a friend who makes websites and I could do it for like a fourth the cost. And it cost me four times the time and it didn't work out. Right. Like wow. I, I knew not only did my husband, you know, leaning over the shoulder, Brenda, I don't think you should do that. But like, I think when we stop one, when we don't even take the time to tune into our intuition, but when we don't honor what it's telling us, especially in the idea of like saving money or saving time or I, in the end, it always ends up being a higher cost to what you're doing. And when you're listening and tuning in, like our most divine sense of knowing beyond what our mind can tell us or our emotions can tell us, or our body can tell us is our intuition. And that's the space that we've created Healing Power of Hemp and that we're helping people to flourish through hemp is really listening, like taking the time to listen and notice. How often do we not even notice? Right. We're just running around from one thing to another um, that we don't notice how we are or how we're improving. So that, that would be I my advice. That. Wow. I love it. Um, I have one last question for you that I didn't send you, but I'm just curious about. So when you say I smoked weed every once in a while, say, hypothetically, hypothetically. <laughs> how, like if you take a 10 milligram edible, how much uh -huh. CBD are you even getting? Do you even know? Right. how much CBD is in there. Like, I think a lot of people that are marijuana users think that maybe they're getting CBD, but I don't know if it's even close to like a therapeutic dose. I love that question because this, this was the, the, why I discounted CBD because what you could find at the dispensaries. Now in the last six months, we've seen an increase in the CBD amounts 
milligrams in products, but I mean, still, we're talking at levels that are so significantly low for price points that are so ridiculously high mm-hmm. that it, it's baffling to me. Um, so, I, you know, read the label. I feel like part of our mission was to create clarity around informed consumers. There is, has been a trend that if you want to sell on Amazon or other online channels that you don't call it CBD, you don't name what type of spectrum it's from, like a broad spectrum, a full spectrum, or a CBD isolate, that they don't put the amount of milligrams. There was a bottle I had in my hand yesterday. It claimed to be a hemp product. Not one part on the label had CBD milligrams written anywhere, let alone the individual dose of CBD milligrams. Like, oh I, my God. It fires me up, Wendy. It fires me up. I can hear <laughs> it. Fired up. You go, girl. I know. Well, because I, well, like, you need people to understand what they're putting in their bodies. And I can't tell you how many people have said, oh, I tried CBD and it didn't work for me. And I was like, well, do you know how much you had? Like, what was in yeah. your milligram product? And, it, and, and it's like saying, I tried this cancer med- medicine and it didn't work for me. How many different types of things out there are there to treat that disease? And that's what people do. They say it to me, oh, Wendy, I don't want to try your, your, healing power of hemp, even though I'm, it's not my company, but it sounds like it is. Um, it, it is, I've already tried that. And it's yeah. like, no, this is different. It has been so amazing to see how you're trying to clarify all that. Yeah. You know, kind of Ronnie, back to you, the question around, you know, if I'm taking THC edible and it has some level of CBD, you know, how do you know if you're getting enough or should you be taking more? And that's where, you know, I love that more and more THC products are having CBD milligrams in them, but generally it's not enough to actually start to chip at the deficiencies that we have within our system. As of about eight months ago, a report came out that said that like, and the minimum therapeutic dose of CBD a day from a scientific lab perspective, they were suggesting was around 100 milligrams of CBD. Now, I will tell you that probably in a full day, that may be how much I take because at night I take so much to sleep, but generally people don't. And I didn't initially and still got all the benefits from it. So, you know, I think if you're a person who likes to take, uh, marijuana-based edibles, and you also want the CBD kick, I would recommend going with what you know your THC milligrams are. That is that sweet spot of what you're accomplishing with edibles and then supplement with additional high milligram CBD. From a price perspective, also from a product perspective, you the really accessibility on high milligram CBD products at dispensaries is um, it's just so hard to find the right ratios. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, the paired approach, I think, is a really good one. And with cannabis, it's, it really is an individual um, process of discovery, leaning in, listening, see how it's affecting you and increasing your dosage if you're not getting the desired effects. Okay. Love that. And then last question is an obvious one. Where can people find Healing Power of Hemp products and follow you and all that good stuff? Yes. Thanks for asking. They can go to, uh, we made it really easy. Healing Power of Hemp is easy to remember, I think. So everything is. is Healing Power of Hemp. So healingpowerofhemp.com is our website. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and we have a YouTube channel, Healing Power of Hemp. Uh, we, in the, in the age of the coronavirus, we launched CBD and me parties where we are bringing ways to integrate hemp health and wellness into the home in fun, playful, and mindful ways. So we have a whole series of videos, everything from doing healthy juices in the morning with CBD to CBD lavender lattes, to making homemade granola with our cinnamon tincture. We have a ton of cocktail recipes, which is my 
evening favorite way to take CBD. Uh, and, and we've been doing on Fridays live music, musicians, comedians from Comedy Central. Uh, so all this can be found on our website, our Facebook, and our YouTube uh, page. Also, this is a big offer for, for your folks. So I'd love to do a free giveaway of CBD items for your listeners. Oh, wow. So, oh. Yeah. So if you're Wendy and I didn't even know this. I know. <laughs> so, yeah. So if they go to cbd.thebumpcard.me. Okay. cbd.thebumpcard.me. They will get a free um, CBD bath soap, 100 milligram handmade CBD bath soap. Um, and all they have to do is pay for shipping. So it's a $15 giveaway item and we'll do it for the month following the listening broadcast. So yeah, but I'd love for them. Um, our CBD bath soaps are our newest product line. We have brand new CBD bath bombs. And in June, hopefully June 1st, we're launching our quarantine care kits, which are our way to pamper through the pandemic. Um, they're a combination of bath bombs, roller balls, bath soap, uh, our brand new a naked tincture. So it's a totally neutral tincture that you can put in any drink beverage recipe you want. So it, it doesn't uh, it enhances whatever flavor you want to add to it. Um, and we're having branded custom handmade face masks, healing power hemp face masks that come oh my in. God, you got so much coming This up. is so cool. You are so creative. I mean, you could just write an entire course on how to be creative in your business. Love that. You, you know what I need, Wendy, is an army of people because that the biggest challenge has been having too many. I'm used to having big yeah. teams. And yeah. I don't. Someone yeah. could just hire me and I'll just come it's up with a lot of It's tough when you have ideas. to actually implement every idea you come up with. It sucks ass, to be honest. I, I would say it sucks ass too, Wendy. <laughs> Um, but also just to mention, there's one more thing that when people buy the quarantine care kits, they also get a downloadable cookbook um, and it's a, a quarantine care cookbook on how to use the CBD tincture all throughout everything from appetizers to desserts to um, healthy, you know, snacks and breakfast treats. And we'll have four oh different God. care kits coming out. So Fabulous. amazing. Yeah. Well, amazing. thanks for that surprise. Do I count as a listener of my own podcast? You do. <laughs> You okay, do good. very much. You do because I definitely want that. So yes, 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 yes. Yeah, the soap is super delicious. It's made with goat's milk and all essential Ooh, oils. It's, yeah, it's lovely. Oh, that sounds great! Wow. Yeah. And well, if you don't know this, soap is great for topical. So any oh, acne good. or blemishes, psoriasis, eczema, dry skin, burns—you name it. Anything wow. topical CBD is helpful. So. Oh. Great. We have been so lucky to have you spend time with us today. And I think the world is lucky in the work you're doing to try to improve the overall health of everyone. So thank you. Yeah, thank you both so much. I really have loved our conversation. This has been so much fun. Thank, thank you so you. much, Brenda. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, you too. All right, let's close this thing out with the big girl spotlight. Ooh, I can't wait. Right, tell us. Okay. Introduce us to this amazing man. <laughs> okay, our big girl spotlight is for a man, though. You're right. I love it. So this is one of my favorite stories that I've heard probably all week. And there's not a lot of feel-good stories out there. So no, there <laughs> is not. This one really got me. So our big girl spotlight is Alexis O'Hanian. And he is the co-founder of Reddit and also husband to Serena Williams. 
I did not know that. So on June 7th, Alexis Ohanian announced that he was stepping down from the all-white Reddit board and requested that his seat be filled with a black candidate. So awesome. Amazing. And in addition... Is he, he Caucasian? Yes, he's white. <gasps> That's so cool. Yes. So he announced that he will use his future gains from all of his Reddit stock to serve the black community, <gasps> chiefly to curb racial hate. Oh my gosh, this... I got chills. <laughs> I'm serious. You, I can tell. Are you this gonna, is so such a cool story. Are you going to be okay? Oh, Wendy's getting emotional. <laughs> um, my favorite part of the story is that he, well, this is the quote that really sums it up. He said, I co-founded Reddit 15 years ago to help people find community and a sense of belonging. It's long overdue to do the right thing. I'm doing this for me, for my family, and for my country. I'm saying this as a father who needs to be able to answer his black daughter when she asks, what did you do? Whoa. Wendy, you're being so sweet over there. Golly, I'm glad I so, shared this with you. This is so cool. It's what we want everybody to do for advocacy. Right, exactly. So I thought it was awesome because I think that a lot of people don't know what they can do to help. And sometimes yes. it means, you know, stepping down from a position or stepping aside. And this is just a perfect example of that. And I think that you know, we can do all this work to get more people board seats and get more uh, minority CEOs and all this, but it would happen a lot quicker if some people were able to do what he did yeah. and kind of step aside to make yeah. room. And it was just so touching and heartwarming. And oh. I just want to have Thanksgiving at Serena Williams' house and hang and out with them. They're the coolest family ever. I know. So isn't that sweet? I love it. Wow. I think that might be the most that you've ever liked a big girl spotlight. It, I think it is. How did it make you feel? Just, I think we're all struggling with this. Yeah. And this is such a perfect story. I, I think we should highlight more of these things. I think so too. Aww. Thank you, Ronnie. You're welcome, Wendy. <laughs> we, we needed some good news. We and did. I, so, uh, good find. He, yes. Yes. Well deserving of a big girl spotlight, I would say. Yes. So if you liked this episode of the podcast and if you liked the Big Girl Spotlight as much as Wendy did, <laughs> then rate us. Yes. <laughs> and subscribe and email us at biggirlmoneypodcast at gmail.com. Share them with your friends who may need some more encouragement and yes. uplifting things to listen to. <laughs> and thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. See you next time.